you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we're actually going to start with, with verse 38. And I want to kind of set the stage for you here, what Jesus is doing. You can stand if you want to. I want to set the stage for you. Jesus, before verse 38, is doing what he does best. Amen. He's doing some saving, some healing, some miracles. He's, he, he's moving and touching the people. Amen. How many knows that God cares about where we're at? God cares about what we're doing and what other people's doing. God cares. Amen. God absolutely cares. Verse 38 says, Mark chapter 5, And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the torment, and them that wept and wailed greatly. How many knows Jesus comes around people that cries and moans? Amen. Verse 39 says, And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Verse 40 says, And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered in to where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, which is interpreted, and I'm not going to say that, I say unto thee, arise. Amen. Verse 41 says, I mean 42 says, And straightway the damsel arose and walked, and she was the age of twelve, and, were, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And verse 43 says, And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. Amen. Amen. I'm ready to tear this scripture apart. Amen. Y'all ready for that? Amen. You can be seated. I, I want to bring you back to what I was saying before. And if I, if I had a title of my message, uh, is if you ever want to get anywhere with God, you've got to learn how to endure the process. Amen. You've got to know how to fight some battles, how to go through some things to endure the process. You'll never, ever have any greatness with God whatsoever. You'll never have any anointing. You'll never have any clout with God. You'll never get anywhere in the spirit realm if you don't know how to go through the process. Oh, so many people don't want to have anything to do with the process, amen? We, we, we want God quickly. We want Him to move for us quickly, but we don't want to have to put in any work. And I want to I tell you something. You, to get anywhere with God, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay the price to do anything for God. If you want the anointing, you're going to have to pay the price. If you want to, if you want to be an effective Christian, you're going to have to pay the price somewhere along the line and, and live a life that's holy and according to God. God's word. You'll never ever get anywhere with God living any old way and just coming, Johnny come lately and just living a half life with God. But you got to get to the place oh, where you mean business with God. Let me tell you something. I'd rather have somebody that means business with God than 50 people that could not care. Oh, but I'd give me one person that knows something about fighting, something about the process, something about sticking with God when everybody else walks out. Oh, that's the person that I want. We live in an age where 
we don't read the Bible anymore, but we get our scripture from Facebook because somebody posted a quote or a little tidbit of scripture on, on Facebook, and, it, and it's powerful. It, it, it has a quick effect, but, but we don't know what comes before it, and we don't know what comes after it. Amen? We, we don't know the, the true depth of the word. All we know is just that one thing. Oh, but to, to endure the process, we need to learn to read again. Amen? Amen. You, listen, you're never going to get anywhere with God. You're never going to get anywhere in the anointing if you don't know how to read anymore. If you don't read the Bible, you'll never get anywhere. You'll, you'll never know what it means to have an intimate study life with God. Oh, we got to learn how to read. We, we post all these statuses and we get this quick response and and it's good. It's, it, it sets us on fire. It might, it might get us through the day. But, oh, there's something about when you read the Word by yourself um, in the middle of the night when nobody else is looking, when nobody else is clapping you, and nobody else is praising you, and you're sitting there and you're reading the Word all to yourself and you're taking it in. All oh, that gets you geared up for the process. I said that gets you geared up for the process. Oh, let me tell you something. I've been through too much, gone through too far. Oh, just to just serve Jesus lightly. I, I've said this before. If I was going to serve him halfway, I wouldn't do it at all. I'd just quit. I'd go do something else. I'd go do something that was a lot easier. Oh, but there's something that he did on the inside of me a long, long time ago. Oh, that set me on fire. I was thinking coming up the road today as to why... I've been faithful to God. I, yes, I've fallen, and I'll probably fall before I get out of the parking lot. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not perfect. But I'm, I'm just going to open up to you tonight before I get into my, 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 my scripture. One of the reasons that, that propelled me to the gospel, one of the reasons that set me on fire to serve Jesus and to, to do my very best to please Him is because... When I was growing up, life was a little difficult. When I was just a young teenager or, or preteen, life was difficult at home. My parents fought all the time, and and we moved a lot. We didn't. I, I went to three different schools in one semester. Some of you may have heard me tell this before. I, it was just kind of rough, and, and I didn't have a whole lot of people to depend on. But thank God I had a, a, a grandfather and grandmother who modeled a Christian life in front of me. And for some reason, and, and, and it's just the way God turned my heart, I reverted back to that for comfort. I reverted back to God because where I was at, uh, I didn't see God. I, I, all I seen was turmoil and chaos and, and crying and fighting. And, and I, I wanted some comfort, and I found that in church. Amen. I found that as a preteen in church. I found that in youth services. I remember going to youth services and seeing kids worship and praise God, and that done something to me. I realized as a preteen that what I was missing was what they had, and I wanted what they had. And I remember even fighting my parents to go to church at different. Why do you want to go to church? Why do you want to go to do that all the time? Why do you want to be around all those people? Don't you know that there's fake? Let me tell you something. It wasn't the people that was drawing me. I felt something that was real. See, God was already preparing me for the process, and I didn't even know it. There's a lot of times you go through things that God's preparing you for something great. God's preparing you for something awesome. Oh, just hang on. We're going to make it through the process. 
going through those things as a preteen pushed me to God. It pushed me to want the Holy Ghost. It pushed me to want to understand the anointing more. It pushed me to desire Him even greater. Oh, and when I begin to seek Him, and, and I remember reading my Bible, I remember laying in the bed one night, and, and all the fighting was going on. Everything was just, just falling apart, it seemed like. And I remember looking up to God. I said, God, if you'll get me out of this mess and you'll do something with my life, I'll serve you till I die. And I remember telling God that. Let me tell you something. He began to give me purpose, and He began to give me hope. Listen, if you learn how to walk through the process, God will give you purpose and God will give you stability when all all the junk in your life is coming against you and everybody's just falling apart. God will give you stability. God will give you control once again and God will give you a way when there seems to be no way. I, I remember even arguing with my parents about going to church. I wanted that. I, I, there was something different there. That even even this, I would see fake people in church, and and yeah, it would hurt. But that I seen the anointing, and and I didn't quite understand it then. But I seen some realness behind the fake people. I knew that there was something more than them. I knew that there was something more. There's sitting a, a young lady back there by the name of Diane who modeled God in front of me, which propelled me. The, the lady that gave me the first opportunity to preach uh, in a little church uh, over in Metazidan in front of a youth group. And I preached on David and Goliath, scared to death. And we had a little activity. We got to throw candy like a stone. I don't know if she remembers that. Propelled me to serve God. Oh, I thank God for the people in my life that modeled the realness in front of me. Oh, I thank God for that because it it propelled me to follow him. It propelled me to, even though I didn't know it, to, to get geared up for what I would go through later in life through the process. Oh, we serve an awesome God. When you begin to go through things, and when you have certain issues and when, when when all trouble in your life just falls, I mean, trouble comes together and your life falls apart. People that you've always known leave. Church people talking about you. Don't have no money in the bank. When all those things start coming, you better just go ahead and mark it in your calendar. God's setting you up for greatness. You are just now entering the into the process. Don't think that when all these things come against you that it's condemnation. Don't think that when all these things and all these people that talk about you and all these problems that you deal with is condemnation, that God is mad at you. God might be training you. God might be putting you through the process. Also, you can step into the anointing that God has for you later on. You're not going to set devils free by living an easy Christian life. You're not going to see cancer leave somebody's body because you want to live an easy Christian life. 
You're not going to see the blind eyes open and travel the world preaching the gospel and being effective at it by not by living an easy life. There takes some process, church. There takes some some stick to it. There takes some oh some oh uh, patience and energy to stick in with God to get things done in the kingdom. I don't know about y'all, but I feel pretty good up here. you got to learn the process. If you don't learn it, you're not ever going to get anywhere with God. But so many times when we get to the process, we think God is condemning us. And when we think God is condemning us, the devil comes and says, if you would have done this and this and this and this, and if you would have done this and this and this in your life better, you wouldn't be where you're at right now. Somebody say Amen. All the devil will bring up every fault, every problem that you've got, every little insignificant thing that you've got, and he'll tell you you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. Oh, and all these different things. He'll bring up things that people said about you. Oh, yeah, they might be true, but that's not why you're going through the process. I'm preaching it tonight. I said that's not why you're going through the process. God's setting you up. Listen, when all hell breaks out in your life, you better get ready because that shouldn't be a clue. God is setting you up for greatness. God's wanting to take you somewhere. But Brother Paul, you don't know this has happened in my life. I'm dealing with this sickness. These people are talking about me. My family's just gone crazy. I don't have no money in the bank. Oh, you better just sit down because God is setting you up for greatness and He's wanting to take you somewhere. But if you don't go through the process and endure it, you're not going to have the anointing that follows that battle. Oh, I want the anointing. I said I want the anointing. I don't want to just come to church and sit on the pew. But I want to be effective at what I do. I said I don't want to be perfect at what I do, but I want to be effective at what I do. Because if you follow me around long enough, you're going to see that I'm going to fall. You're going to see that I'm going to make mistakes and make people mad. But that's beside the point. In spite of all that, God can have us be effective. And we learn to be effective by the process. So when your life begins to fall apart, When your life begins to just crumble right before your eyes. When your heart breaks like no other. When people walk out of your life. You better look up because God's setting you up for a new level. God's setting you up for a new level, church. God's setting you up for a new anointing. Properly a new calling, a new purpose. How do you know God's getting ready to move in your life? When everything falls apart. I said when it all falls apart, that's when God's getting ready to put it back together. I heard this. When Mama Eagle, when she has her little eaglets, 
and, and she puts them in the nest, and she comes by, and she feeds them every day. Drops little worms, little food, whatever they eat in her mouth, in the, those little babies' mouth. That goes on for a little bit. And that's how us Christians are. We get fed all the time, and we're happy, we're comfy. We want to sit on the church pew. We want to come in and drink our coffee and eat our donuts. And, and that's we want Pastor Lee to preach us happy and tell us a good little scripture. And then we run home and post it on Facebook. And then that's it. But that's not the process. We want to sit in the same pew. I'm guilty for that. Sometimes I make myself move because I just want to do something different. You're not going to do that. We want to sit in the same place. We want to do the same things. We're creatures of habit. But let me tell you something. God is notorious for changing everything. He, I'm going to say that again. God is notorious for changing everything. And when that happened in my life for the first time, it, it did. It changed everything. And I didn't know how to compute it. And there's been many times since then that he's changed everything in my life. He began to move things. He began to take this and take that and put in here and take out that. Preparing for the process. Those little eaglets would hatch out of the eggs and mama would come and feed them. But they, there comes a day when the, their purpose is to soar. Amen. Their purpose is to fly out of the nest and become something. And mama will begin to ruffle the nest up a little bit. She will begin to make it uncomfortable for them. How do you know God's pushing you out of the nest? He starts to make you uncomfortable. He begins to put you in places that you're not familiar with. Listen, God is notorious for changing your whole environment. And he will take you out of your familiar. And he will put you into an unfamiliar place where you are completely uncomfortable. Where you're completely telling yourself, I can't do this. He will put you in a place that you don't even know what to do with yourself. You will say to yourself, self, somebody else is supposed to do that. But all the time God is speaking to you and saying, I have called you to soar. I have called you to do this, and you will do it. The devil's telling you you're not good enough. God's telling you good, you are good enough, and your whole environment has changed. You're uncomfortable. So many times that when God takes us to a new area of the nest and he pushes us to the edge, and you're looking off and it's hundreds of feet down, and, and there's this big old world out there. And you know you're not ready, you think. But mama is pushing you out of the nest. God's pushing you out. And, and you're uncomfortable. You don't know what to do with it. So many times we want to hop back into the nest, run right back to the same old junk or where we started at where mama was feeding us the worm every day. And we go there and it's uncomfortable. It hurts. The reason it hurts is because mom tried to move us out. Because we got more to do than sit in that spot. But yet we run back to that spot and we refuse to be used by God and we sit there miserable. The reason that we sit there where it's miserable is because we are familiar with that spot. 
it may have been good at one time before, but now it's miserable. But I'm refusing to leave because I'm familiar with this spot. And that's why people live in misery for years and years and years and years because God has got them a purpose out here in the big blue sky, but yet you want to stay with the familiar and you don't want to go soar. They'll stay in bad relationships. They'll stay addicted to drugs. They'll stay living in the same place. Because even though it's bad, it's still familiar. And we feel safe in familiar, even though it's bad. That's why women stay in abusive relationships, because it's familiar. Oh, I'm going to preach it tonight. That's why we stay in places that God's not moving because it's familiar. That's why we do certain things is because it's familiar. Let me tell you something. When, when God starts making you uncomfortable, you better start checking yourself because he's, he's wanting to propel you to something different. He's wanting to propel you to something greater. Listen, if you're not growing, you're not doing anything for God. I'm going to say that again. If you're not growing in God, you're not doing anything for God. You might as well be doing absolutely nothing, and you're literally dying. Oh, but he's, he's pushing us to the edge of the nest. He's pushing us. He's ruffled the, he's ruffled the thorns, in the, and he's made it all uncomfortable. When, when, when God starts to change your environment, church, listen, when he begins to change your, your environment and where you sit and where you've been for so long, and, and it's hard to realize this, but when he changes that and he moves you away to a different place, you better get ready. Because, Brother Ron, he's taking us to a new anointing. A greater anointing, a greater purpose, a higher calling, more responsibility. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to spread my little inglet wings and, and, and step out on the, the, the corner and fly. Mama begins to push her to the, to the edge of the nest. And they get out there and they look. It is really hard to step out on the edge and jump free fall into this big anointing, this big calling, this big process all by yourself when you've always had mama taking care of everything. Can I tell you something? Whenever you've had people doing everything for you in the ministry, it might be time to step out on the edge of the nest. And spread some little wings and, and, and jump. Because souls get saved, lives get changed when people learn how to step on the edge of the nest. That little eaglet stands out there, ruffling its feathers. They look out. There ain't no dung way. Have you lost your mind? God, I had a conversation with God the other day. I said, Lord, you are scaring me to death. 
you are literally, I'm telling you, I, I, I had to, I said, God, you were scaring me to death. What are you doing? I started seeing God move. I started seeing him do things. And, and in my spirit, my Holy Ghost sensors started going off. Jesus is moving. He's doing something. I started seeing him doing things this week that I haven't seen him do in a long time. Ministry-wise. God-wise. Just him speaking to me. And it scared me. I said, you want me to do... I <laughs> See, God, I don't have the means to do it. God, I... God's not looking for what you got, but he's looking if you'll just be willing. He just, all he wants you to do is step on the edge of the nest and let him push you off. And then we have these other eaglet Christians. They just hop right out the egg and jump off. A little bit too much tenaciously. But I'm talking to the people that scared to death tonight. I'm talking to the people that wants to endure the process. So when God is changing your whole environment, when God is changing everything that you know, you better get ready because He's taking you into a deeper place of the anointing that you've never known. See, the Bible don't say count it joy when all these things come against you for nothing. It says this because count it joy because when you get through, when you get through your trial, there's greatness. There's a new level. There's a, there's a new deep anointing that he's wanting to take you into. But if we could only see it before the storm. Brother Davey told me the other day, he said, Brother Paul, wouldn't it be good if you could see before you entered into this process or this storm, what was later to be on the other side? What, what, what if you could see? Wouldn't it make it so much easier? I said, yes, it would make it, <coughs> it would make it a lot easier for me. I just walk right through it. But then the Lord dealt with me and he said, but you would lose the respect for the anointing, the calling, the gift, whatever's that lied on the other end of that that storm, you would lose respect for it. Oh, but there's something about walking through that, Brother Ron, that when you walk through that storm and when you're just at your wit's end and you're ready to give up and, and everybody's left and, and all these things has come against you and, and all the familiar that you've known is no more and, and you're in a completely different place. You, the, even your, 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 your communication with God's a little different. He, he's like not there. And, and all these things is changing and, and you don't know what to do and you're just standing there and you're just wondering what in the world is going on and, and the devil's telling you God's mad at you, God's mad at you, God's mad at you but yet there's still something on the inside of you propelling you to keep going and you're confused, you're emotionally unstable your life is falling apart you're having anxiety attacks uh, you don't know what to do, you're broke uh, you go to the debit card place and you try to buy something and it says it's declined, your whole life is changing you better mark it down God is taking you to a new anointing and a new level if you will just hang on, there's not a devil in hell that will hold you back from accomplishing what God's got for you. You'll say, I can't do it. But you can. 
before this story that I read. Jesus was out doing miracles. He was out performing. He was healing the sick. He was ministering. He was being God, all God. He was, he was being, he, he, he's in the flesh, but yet he's still representing God. He, he's all three in one. He, he's just moving. He's awesome. But yet at the same time, this young girl was dead, laying dead in the bed. No, no hope, no, all desolate. Let me tell you something. When you're laying dead in the bed, when you're going through your process, when, when you, you, you're just dead as dead can be, sometimes all you're doing is standing. You're just standing there, and, and everything around you is gone. God's still God. He's still all three in one. He's still performing miracles. He's all of this church. Just right outside the door, he's all around moving. He's all around doing something. He's he's healing. He's he, see. He's not changed at all. He's still he's still doing his thing. He he's still being God. He, he he's not decreased. He's not increased. He's just he's just God. He's he's awesome as awesome can get. He's as powerful as as any powerful being can be. He's he's still being God. You just keep being dead because the master is on his way. See, I've always found out that Jesus has an agenda. God always has an agenda. He's always doing something. Yet you might fall flat on your face dead and it might be over. (laughs) They might sign the documents and say that it's over. You might as well throw in the towel and give up. Listen, you might even grab the towel and throw it in. It's a chaos. It's just falling apart, but Jesus is still out doing his thing. He's, he's coming. He's coming. Listen, when you're going through the process, you've got to understand that he's coming. Remember that. You've got to understand he's coming. He's coming. I guarantee you he's coming. He's never, oh, the Bible says that he never forsake us. He's always, that song that we sung Sunday morning, he's an on-time God. He may not show up when you want him, but he'll always be there right on time. Listen, you'll be laying there dead as dead can be. Your life is falling apart. People around you are mourning. How many knows when everything falls around in your life and falls apart? You're going to have the, 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 the crowd telling you, oh, it's awful, it's bad. And, and they'll, they'll even point out even more bad things than what you thought it was. And you'll think, yeah, it's really bad. And we might, it's just dead. Oh, but guess what? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Listen, church, I don't care what you're going through. He's coming. He's coming. He's already on his way. You just lay there dead. You just lay there in all your mess. You just lay there broken and and beaten and, and, and let everybody talk about you. Let people stand over you and say, yeah, he is dead. Yeah, everything did fall apart. Yeah, they don't have no money. Yeah, yeah, the ministry's over for them. It's all gone. Yeah, they'll tell you that. People will support you in your pity. They'll pat you on the back. Yeah, brother, it don't look like you're going to make it. Don't you want to punch somebody in the face when they say, but it'll all work together. 
you lay in there, you dead. But if you just lay there dead knowing that the king is coming, hang on. He's coming. He's coming. Verse 38. Y'all might have a verse 38 happen in your life. You ever had a verse 38 happen in your life? And he cometh to the house. Have you ever had Jesus come to the house? Let me tell you how God operates. When you're dead and everything's, and, 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 and lots of times God will let it go past dead to, to, as we said in rescue, DRT dead right there. I mean, roadkill, been there for, he will let it go on that far. And the reason for your trials, the reason for your suffering is because he gets more glory out of your, your case when, you, when he brings you out of all that mess. Jesus comes to the house. See, they done told him that she was dead. And he walks, he walks in there where they're all at. Brother Ron, they're complaining. They're all saying she's dead. They, they, they said it's all over. They're all crying and weeping. Jesus will walk right into the middle of all those people said that you're not going to make it. Y'all with me? I'll put you good tonight. He'll walk, he'll walk right into the middle of all those people that supported you in your pity. He'll walk right in the middle of it, Sister Lisa. He'll say, what are y'all talking about? They say, oh, she's dead. You dead. It's bad, Jesus. When people has done planned your funeral, when people has done planned your, your end, that's when Jesus comes to the house. Y'all know Jesus has been interrupting dead things for a long time? Somebody say, Jesus, interrupt my dead. Come on, raise your hand. Say, Jesus, interrupt my dead tonight. He walks right up in there and he said, no, she's not dead. See, he begins to speak faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There was no life seen in that girl by anybody in that room except Jesus. Jesus will look at your dead situation and he will see life when there is no life. He will see purpose when there is no purpose. He will see healing when there is no healing. He will see set free from drugs when you're addicted among addicted. He will see all those things in your life when everybody else don't see it. He said, she's not dead, but she's sleeping. And then they all begin to make fun of him. They said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Who's this fruitcake that comes walking up in here telling, don't you see, she ain't even breathing. She's cold. She's dead. She's done, she's done got stiff. She's not, she's not moved for hours, Jesus. She's dead. Oh, don't worry. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Now, Lord, I feel like I'm going to explode. She's just sleeping. But no, Jesus, she's dead. No, she's sleeping. Oh, my, my, my. I'm glad he found me and said I was just sleeping when I was dead. I like this next part. 
He told them all to get out of the room. Y'all seen my Facebook status? I posted that the other day. He told them to all get out of the room. Because guess what? When you start moving in your your, your calling, when, when God starts to raise you up from your process, those people can't go with you no more. That familiar cannot be there anymore. Y'all with me? You cannot go back to that same place in the nest anymore. You have got to step out on the edge and spread your wings. Jesus put them all out of the room. Listen, where you're going to go with God, nope, there may not be everybody going with you. Listen, there'll be a couple of people that'll stick to you in your life that will always be there. But the majority of the people in your life may not go with you all the way through your walk with God and, and your ministry. They may not always be there. And, because, and, and thank God that they were there before. Thank God for, for what they brought them. But listen, for heaven's sakes, don't stay with the familiar. Don't stay in the nest with the people that are uh, mellowing in all your pity. Step out on the edge, for heaven's sakes, and, and realize that you're not dead, but you're just sleeping. Jesus removes them all out of the room. Don't count it strange when he changes your whole environment. You remember talking about that? He changed this little girl's whole environment. He moved all these people out of the room except mama and daddy. And he begins to speak life unto her. See, when Jesus speaks life unto you, it changes everything. And what was once dead, he suddenly, and I, I just like when God moves suddenly. Oh, you, you, you think it's over, and, then, and, you, and you need a, a kingdom connection. You need God to do something. You need him to move. You need God to, to just to speak a word, have somebody come, and then all of a sudden, somebody will show up in your life, and they will bless you when you needed it the most. I'm going to tell a testimony. I had a, a, atrocious medical bills. This past year, work, been working like a dog to pay it off, and I had it all calculated up. I got to get this figured out, and, and by this time, and, and you're going to have, you know, you go look in the mirror. I know you don't want to go to work. I know you don't feel like going to work, and you want to stay home and sleep. But if you want to get through this, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to do this, and, and this is how long it's going to take. And we got it all calculated up, and, and, and I had it all calculated it up, and, and, and I thought, well, by this time, I'll be good, and if I, if, you know, and it. But suddenly, let me tell y'all something. They, they called me this week. They said, Mr. Robertson, congratulations, you, you paid off. I said, huh? To this day, listen, church, I have no idea. Nobody paid nothing on it. They said I paid it off. I have no idea how it got paid off. God just moved. He just moved. I, I called him back. I said, are y'all sure? Yes. Paid in full. Listen. Oh, it pays to live right. It pays to walk in the anointing. It pays to follow after God. But suddenly... He, he gave me a kingdom connection. Just right out of the blue, God began to move. 
Listen, I, I can't say it enough. If you'll hold on to God long enough, he'll begin to move eventually. I said he will begin to move. And when he moves, it won't be just just this little thing. He'll move suddenly, and he will change everything, everything that you've been fighting for, everything that you've been hoping for, everything. He will move all of a sudden and change the whole thing. And he looks at this little girl, and he tells her to get up, and life comes back to that little girl's body and she gets up and, and she begins to breathe again. She begins to walk around again and she comes back to her normal self. Some of you have been walking around here dead for quite some time. I said you've been walking dead. No life inside of you. Going through the motions. Coming to church on Sunday. Hurting. Broken. Just, just feel like life is over. Every day you get up, but you're still here. You hang on, God's moving. I can hear him coming down the road. Listen, I guarantee you, if you go to the window of your spiritual darkness and listen, you will hear the glory of Jesus coming down the road. You will hear him moving. You will hear him healing the sick. Listen, if everybody else is getting a blessing around you, that's okay because that just means he's coming down the road. He's coming to you. Oh, he's got an agenda. He's got a process. He, he's doing something. Oh, don't give up. Don't get mad when everybody else is getting blessings. Wait because he's coming to you. He's coming down the road. Oh, for heaven's sakes, don't go back to the familiar. Walk to the edge of the nest and begin to flap your wings. Yeah, I know I can't do this, but there's an instinct that was put inside of me by God himself, just like he put in that little eaglet, that when mama pushes that little eaglet out of the nest, I don't know how it happens or when it happens, but it just happens, and that little thing begins to fly. Listen, if you will hang on to God, and you will not go back to the familiar, and you will let God push you to the edge of the nest, and then not only that, but push you off, you will soar and do great things for God. Listen, if you don't know how to endure the process, you cannot survive the soaring because when you get the greater calling, when you get the greater anointing, there's new devils that you have to encounter. And if you don't endure the process, you'll never be able to fight the new devils that are ahead of you. You'll never be able to fight the new trials that come. Oh, but listen, God has got a purpose. He's got a plan. And if you stick to it, He will bring you through. We find that even in Joseph's life. He went through years and years of process. He thought he was coming out of it, but yet he'd go right back in it. Sometimes you think you're coming out of the process, but you, you're right back in it. You, you get happy one day, and the next thing you know, you're crushed. It's okay to be crushed. It's not necessarily meaning God's condemning you, but it means God's breaking you, God's humbling you, and He's taking you somewhere. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose. Can we sing that song, Brother Ron? I'm going to ask Brother Dean to come back to the drums.
You got to endure the process. Some of you in here, you've been enduring. I, I just feel like telling you, if you'll just walk to the window and listen, you'll hear Jesus coming down the road. You'll hear him. You say, but everybody else is getting blessed and I'm not. No, that's just God getting closer and closer to you. He's, he's moving. He's moving. I said, God's moving in your life. 